How many of you can say, I have something to praise him for this morning? Amen. I believe we all can. Let's talk to him for just a moment. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we count it such a great opportunity to stand here this morning. Lord, not only here behind this desk, but each one of us have the opportunity to today, Lord, to stand in your presence. Lord, the opportunity to make things right. Lord, the opportunity to grow. The opportunity to be changed. The opportunity for healing. Lord, the opportunity today to worship at the feet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, what a great opportunity we have this morning. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would recognize that opportunity now. That not a one of us, Lord, would take it for granted. But Lord, may we seize that opportunity. May we grab hold of it, Lord. Lord, may we make the most of this moment, Lord, not knowing if it be our last. Lord, not knowing how many more opportunities we'll have to gather together. Lord, not knowing, Lord, how long it'll be before you come. Lord, may each one today make their calling and election sure. Lord, may each one today take another step with you, move closer to you today, Lord. Lord, for truly that's why we're here. Lord, to hear from you, Lord, to grow in you, to take another step, Lord, to fulfill all that the word has spoken of us, Lord Jesus. Father, we ask you to come now, take control of this service. Lord, I pray it be delivered in the spirit you gave it to me, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it find good ground today, Lord. Lord, help me now to get out of the way. Lord, help me, Lord God, Lord, not to hinder in any way. But Lord, you speak through me. Lord, you knew every heart, Lord, that would be gathered here today. Lord, you knew every need, Lord, and you provided for it. Lord, I believe you provided a word for our needs today. Lord, and I pray now that you just take control, that you speak, Lord. Lord, from the beginning to the very end, may everything, Lord, be according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you today, saints. If you will, turn with me over in your Bibles over to the book of Exodus, the 14th chapter. We'll also be reading from Deuteronomy, the first chapter. Amen. While I have this opportunity, I'd also like to thank the, the church body here for the outpouring of love and support for the Pruitt family that we've experienced in the last couple of weeks, not only from this church family here, but from the bride around the world. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's wonderful to be associated with God's people. Amen. Exodus 14, verse 15. It says, I'm going to read one verse here. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Emphasizing there that they go forward. Deuteronomy, the first chapter and the fifth verse. It says, on this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn ye, right there, turn you. There's a turn made. There's a corner turn. In other words, quit doing what you've been doing. It's time to do something different. You've been where you're at long enough. It's time to turn. Turn ye and take your journey and go to the Mount of the Amorites and to all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, 
and in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Amen. May God add his blessings to the reading of the word as you have your seats. So many scriptures, as, as I looked through this, this week, so many scriptures that I could have used or, or could have read, but these two here succinctly really summed up the theme for what I want to speak on today. And if I give this a title today, it would be, It's Time to Move. It's Time to Move. There in the first scripture in Exodus 14 and 15, it says, The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Notice in this, he didn't, he didn't say, I realize it's going to be difficult. I realize there's something in front of them. I see this. I see that. I see these circumstances. He just said, they need to go forward. They need to move on. And then in the next scripture, the Lord spake unto you and says, you have gone around this mountain long enough. It's time for you to move. Now, I don't really know where you're at this morning. I don't know each and every one of you's personal experience with the Lord. We're all at different stages along the journey, obviously. But wherever you are today, you can't stay there. Wherever you are, whether you're the most saintly of saints among us, whether you're a borderline believer, a backslider, or shall I say even a sinner that has never accepted the Lord Jesus, you cannot stay where you're at today. You must go forward. You must move. The word of the Lord is calling out to you today saying, go forward. Leave where you're at. Take a turn. Do something different and walk forward in the Lord today. The entire History or story that we, of the Bible deals with God moving and God calling his people to move. And also it deals with the response of the people that he is dealing with. And in this we find that God is always trying to get his people to move according to his leading. You know, many times people move, but they're moving on their own accord. Many times people are moving and they're going here and they're doing that, and it's because what they think and according to their understanding, and I think I should do this and I think I should do that. But I believe in this day with the pillar of fire returned to the, back in the church again that we should be a people that are led by the pillar of fire, a people that are led by the Holy Spirit. And in this interaction with God and his people, he's always trying to get them to move according to his leading. And he's always calling them out of something or else he's calling them into something. And these two things go hand in hand and these things go together because he's always trying to get you to come to something better. God's always trying to get you to come to something better. So many times we're holding on. Oh, but God, this is good. God, this is a blessing. I don't want to let it go. And if you could just see what he's trying to call you to, if you could just see where he's trying to, trying to call you to, you would recognize he's always trying to call you and lead you into something more and into something better. He calls us out of bondage and he brings us to deliverance. He calls us out of sickness and he brings us into health. He calls you out of a lost condition and he brings you into salvation. He'll lead you from justification to sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's always trying to lead you into something more, something deeper, something greater in his spirit. When we walk with God, we find that he doesn't take you to a lesser place. 
it's always to a greater place because our God is a rewarder. Our God is a rewarder of those who serve him. Our God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Our God is a rewarder. He will be indebted to no man, and he's always rewarding you. He's always leading you to something greater. 1 Samuel 2 and 8 says, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. He wants you to move from whatever condition you're in today to the next. Because by nature, our God is a great shepherd. And a shepherd wants to lead. And a shepherd wants to protect. And many times, it's us that get ourselves in trouble. The reason he had to leave the 99 and go find the one is because the one thought he knew a better way. The one thought he could find his way better. The one hard-headed one, how many of us have been that one before? Thought we could go and do what we want to do, and I've got plans, and I've got ideas, and I need to do this. And he had to come bail you out because he is the great shepherd, and he needs a people. We must be a people that are willing to follow his leadership. God leads, we follow. That's how this thing works out. You want to know how to make it a lot easier? God leads, you follow. Wherever he tries to get you to go, just go. Look, if you're his child, he's going to get you there in the end. He may have to take you through all kind of stuff. He may have to save you many a times because you thought you knew better. The easy way is God leads, I'm going to follow. Lord, wherever you lead me today, I'm going to follow you. We speak and we believe and we say that we are a people of faith. But faith doesn't always just mean believing for miracles. Sure, we need that, and we do. But faith isn't always just believing for miracles. Faith is believing that if he said, let's get in the boat and cross over to the other side, that we're going to cross over to the other side no matter what comes, no matter what happens. That's what faith is. That's why they're in Mark 4 when the disciples begin to question and they begin to worry and they begin to doubt. He comes up and he asks them, he says, why don't you have any faith? Why don't you have any faith? We're a people of faith. We can trust. And listen, this is an eternal God with an eternal word. And if he said it, he said it, then it's going to happen. Listen, there is no devil in hell that can stop an eternal word of God. There is no devil in hell that can stop a seed gene of God. If he said you're going to make it, you're going to make it. If he said I'll have a bride without spot or wrinkle, it might as well be me. If God said by my stripes you're healed, then by your, his stripes you are healed. There is no devil in hell that can stop an eternal word of God. And God said get in the boat. We're going over. And I say let's get in the boat this morning and let's trust no matter what ways come, no matter what storms come we're going over because nothing can stop the eternal word of God you can have faith in this God today you can have faith for your situation because this God has never failed I have failed many times you have failed many times man has failed all through the ages but this God has never failed and you can put your faith in him today and he's calling us today to move Many times we become comfortable where we are because we're so much different than the world. There's such a difference there. We're separated from the world. We feel like we've done what we need to do. But you have to understand the world is not your standard. The world, don't look at the world and go, look how good I am. Listen, they are no standard to measure yourself against. The only time you should worry about what the world looks like if it's somehow, some way you start looking like them, then you got problems. 
but don't judge your Christianity based off how much you have separated from the world. Sometimes we feel like, look how far I've come, so I'm good enough, I'm comfortable. And we sit down right there, and we begin to occupy a position. We began to go on the defensive, and I have this, and I'm setting up my fortifications, and woo, the devil ain't going to take this from me. That's good, but you've turned your back on where you're supposed to be going. You got here, and you set up a fortification, said, I'm not giving this up. That's fine. Don't give that up, but move on. Take another step. Go further. Go deeper. Go to more. He's expecting you to come further with him this morning because he has so much more to give you. He has so much more to offer you. Don't settle down where you are this morning. We sat down right there and we began to occupy a position. But this morning, I want to say God is calling. God is calling some of you this morning to repentance. God is calling some of you this morning to walk with him like never before. He's calling some of you this morning to step out in faith and trust him for a situation. He's saying, you've been in that mountain too long. You've been in that situation too long. I've been pushing, and I've been prodding, and I've been trying to make it this way so you would see, and I've been trying to call you out so you would see. I've been trying to make you miserable so you would see, and this morning he's just saying, it's time to move. It's time for you to look at this situation and realize I've been here too long. I've put up with this long enough. This morning, I'm taking the step I need to take, and I'm walking out in faith. I'm doing what you're calling me to do. I know you put it in my heart, Lord, and I just haven't been able to do that. But today, I'm pushing aside fear. I'm pushing aside anxiety. I'm pushing aside doubt. I'm pushing aside worry, and I'm going to step out to what you're calling me to do. I'm stepping out into this situation, and I'm going to trust you this morning. He's calling you to make a move. And when God calls you to move, it's time to move. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord God said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram stayed there. Thank you, Lord, for this promise. I know you're going to fulfill it, but I don't know what's out there. I don't know how you're going to provide for me. What about my family? We make a good living here. I like this church. This is the church I've been in my whole life. This is all I know. I'm comfortable. The first verse said, get thee out. And so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Abram departed. I want you to notice here, there was a part he had to play. Look, there was a promise given, but it came with a part for you to play. He had to be willing to move. And I want you to notice it's not always in the instant that you move and not always in the instant that you obey that all of a sudden this thing that you need or this blessing you're expecting or whatever it is God has for you is just poured out upon you. All right? But no place, you've never went anywhere that it didn't start with a step. You got up this morning out of bed and you took a step and you wasn't in the church house. But it was the first step to getting here. 
it was the first step to being where you are. And when he calls you to move, many times we get impatient because we take that step and then another step, and the blessings aren't just overflowing all over. So we're like, God, why? What? No, God said move. So now you just trust him, put your faith in him. He said, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. He said, move, just move. Just keep walking, keep being led by the pillar of fire, keep being led by the Holy Ghost. And when the time comes, when the appointed time arrives, he's going to pour out the blessing on you that he's promised for you. He told Abram all this stuff, all these blessings that he was going to give, all these promises, and he said, move. And Abram had to move for a really long time before it came to pass. But it came to pass. He said, we're going over, so we're going over. He said, you can have your children, so you can have your children. He said, you can, that the mothers wouldn't be barren, so you won't be barren. He gave promises. Just keep holding on. And at the time appointed, those things will come to pass. Just keep moving. Just keep walking. But you got to move this morning. Relationship with God is progressing with God. You do not have a relationship, or shall I say a healthy relationship, if you're not progressing. Genesis 5, 22, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. In other words... Notice there was movement. Brother Branham said, let's take another man with this quickening power. There was a man way long ago by the name of Enoch. When a new thing come along, when something come along and said, well, now we have to go back to the old school or this or that and the other, Enoch walked with God. Whatever God said do, Enoch never missed one word. He walked with God. What was he? He was a son of God. Oh, Enoch was some super special, powerful, that's why he was able to walk, that's why he was able, what was he, Brother Branham said? He was a son of God. He was an eagle that had been called for that day. Everything that God told him to do, he went and done it. No argument about it, he just went and done it. Help me, Lord. Because I feel like that's one of the biggest issues. How many times does God move on our heart to do something? And maybe it's just small. Maybe it's just an unction. And so we push it away. We figure, no, nah, nah, surely not. When Enoch heard an unction from God, he just went and done it. Church, today we have to learn how to hear that unction again. Too many of us have gotten out of tune with that unction. It's because what we feed on, what we listen to, there's so many voices, maybe not even sinful voices, maybe not even worldly things, but it's this voice and that voice and politics and news and this and that, and we're missing the unction because those voices are so loud. Those voices are blaring. Those voices are out there, and there's an unction telling you, move. Move today. Move deeper in me. Move away from those things. Move deeper into the promises of God. We have to do more here than live. The beginning of these verses talk about Enoch living, but at the end it talks about Enoch walking. So we have to do more than live. We have to do more than occupy. We have to be progressing. We have to be led, and being led means that you are moving. All right? No matter, I could put a rope around Brother Joe and I could pull on him as hard as I want to. He's not being led as long as he sits in that chair. 
There is someone trying to lead him. There is someone pulling at his heart. Too many times we, we, we mistake the pulling on our heart as us being led. That's not being led. That's God trying to lead you. All right, but it's not just leadership. We have to be willing to submit to that leadership. How many times do things get turned sideways and upside down and we say, why, God? Why? Why didn't you say something? He's going, are you kidding me? I've been trying to move you away from that situation for a decade. I've been trying to move you away from there for years, for months and weeks, and you just wouldn't listen. You weren't willing to move. Your lips may have said you were, this may have said you were, but you were not willing to do what I ask you to do. We have to be led. We have to be moving. That means you must be growing. You must be walking. You must be performing the will of God. It means we are not to be where we were 10 years ago. It means you are not to be where you were five years ago. You are not to be where you were one year ago. If you are, it's time to move. It's time to move. Listen, God is always moving, and yet he's never changing. His promises are true. His promises are steadfast. He doesn't move away from those promises, but he moves into them. He moves deeper into his word. He moves further into the promised land. He moves further away from Egypt. He is constantly moving, and yet he is never changing. And he's always leading his people forward. Where to? Where are we going, Brother Aaron? Towards the ultimate goal. He's leading you towards a rapture. He's leading you towards a body change. So many times we're holding on to these little bitty things, and he's saying, child, don't you see what's right here at the end of the road? I have a body change for you. I have a deliverance for you. I have the ultimate healing for you. It's a body change. It's a rapture. I've gone to prepare a place for you. Can we not this morning just release our wants, release our desires, release the things we're holding on to and say, God, take me to that. I'm hungry for that. I'm desiring that. I want to go home. I want to change. I want a new body. But you got to let go this morning and begin moving, begin walking. We got to be moving towards the finish line. And we can't be a people who drive our tent stakes down too deep to where we get too comfortable right where we're camped at, even if it's at a place of great victory. Even if it's a place of great victory, look, many of us have experienced great victories where we're walking with God and God came down and did something so mighty and miraculous in our life and it was so wonderful and yet we stay right there. We glory and we praise the Lord for it and yet we look up and five years later, that's our last testimony. That's the last time God spoke to us. That's the last time we've moved. It's a wonderful thing that happened. I believe in testifying of the past. I believe in pointing to it as a God that does wonderful things. But what has he done for you today? What has been your communication with God today? What has he spoken to your heart today? Where has he moved you from today? And yet many people are camped down at their last great victory. Or even they've camped down at the place of a great truth. That's what happened to men down through the ages. They camped on a great truth, a wonderful revelation. Listen, standing where you were standing 15 years ago and preaching the exact same thing you preached 15 years ago is not something to be proud of. You have not had anything deeper or more opened up to you. As a Christian, you haven't walked, you haven't advanced. I'm standing right where I stood 15 years ago, brother. Shame! Shame! 
Why haven't we moved? Why haven't we progressed? Why haven't we went further? Why haven't we grown? We can't be there. Many have great testimonies of what God did, and yet that's where they still are. And on the other side of that, many people get stuck in the place of great tragedy. And a great tragedy will strike their family, and the rest of their life, their life is formed and revolves around that tragedy. Well, I am this way because this is what happened to me. No, no, you are the way you are because we choose to be what we are. I know, I know, well, what about I was raised in this home and I was done this and this happened. You, know, you are the way you are because you choose to be what you are. That's why you are the way you are. And yet we camp down on this hurt or this thing that happened and we allow it to mold us because we never allowed ourselves to be led out of that situation by the pillar of fire that says, child, I know that hurts. I know that's horrible, but come with me. I'll be the bomb in Gilead. Come with me. I'll heal that hurt. Come with me. I'll wrap my arms around you. Move on from that place. I've got greater things for you. Walk with me. Grow with me. And suddenly, even though that thing will always be a part of your life, it is not what defines your life, but your relationship with Jesus Christ to find your life because you're walking and you're growing and you're moving and he's changing you from glory to glory and you're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Down through the ages, we find both kinds of people. Those willing to move and those unwilling to move. God would send a messenger direct to each age with greater illumination and greater revelation than the last. He would send a messenger with a mighty message, but when that man would depart and go off the scene, instantly they would organize that work and they would stake their tents down right there. And the light would move on to the next messenger in the next age. And amongst those who would receive that message, some would walk and grow with it. I want you to get that. They would walk and grow with it. Some would camp down on the very first part they heard and say, this is the truth and I won't move from it. Well, they were right. They did have a truth. They camped down on a truth. That is absolutely correct. But in that truth, they drove down their tent stakes so deep that they were unable to move on to further revelation. Even within each age, within each message, there is growth. There is to be progression. The growth isn't just from age to age. It's not just from age to age, but within each age, within each stage, there is to be growth. Because in each age, there is further unveiling of God that takes place to each individual. But there is a certain amount of growth that takes place, once again, within each stage. So many times we think Martin had this, and it was that little thing, and they got it all at once, and then it moved. And then we got this, and it was all revealed all at once, and then that's all of it. But no, there's growth that takes place. So there was those that followed the message of Luther's day that advanced and grew more than others that claimed to believe the same message. There were followers of Luther that were more advanced than other followers of Luther. 
There were followers of Wesley that were true followers that were more advanced than other followers of Wesley, although they were under the same message. They were walking under and moving under that message. Listen, on the way to the promised land, and we'll say this more than once today, they had to move constantly. That didn't mean they had a new messenger. It didn't mean the message changed, but underneath that message, the pillar of fire moved. Underneath that message, corners were turned. Underneath that message, one day they were worshiping one way, and the next day they were dancing on the banks of the Red Sea because they moved underneath that message and that messenger. Because they were walking with God, they progressed further than those who staked down. They didn't put a period after their revelation, but they allowed it to continually unfold as God allowed it to, as far as God was allowed it to, underneath the revelation for that day. And then as the week grew, there was an advancement into Wesley's day and the message for that hour. And those willing to move, moved right in. Those not willing dried up right there where they were. And some come in and said, this is the truth right here. And they buried their tent stakes and they grew no more. That's where they stayed. But those willing to move grew in the light of the word as it advanced within its stage towards the next stage. And even if they were someone that was called under that age and they couldn't advance to the next age themselves or see the next one, they grew as far as that light would allow them to. All right? Understand that it's not just here's the revelation for the age, but they walked as far as they were able to walk in the light of that day, whereas some people staked down as soon as they saw the first little bit of light. But they walked and they grew. And that's the exact same thing that has happened in our day. There is a moving and there is a growing that has taken place in this age, in this hour. There is revelation that has come to this age. Not, not a new revelation that the prophet didn't bring. We're not saying that in any, any way. But a people who actually eat from the book that became opened. People that actually saw the book is open instead of going... Yay. Did you know the book's open, Brother Joe? So does everyone else that proclaims to believe the message, but most of them don't know what's in it. Because that's as far as they went. The book's open. But he's calling you today. He's saying, no, come, come take the book. There's a part for you to play. You got to move. You got to feed. You got to come take the book. You got to move in this word. You got to let this word take on flesh. You have to become the, the, the bone of his bone and the flesh of his flesh. You, you, not just, yay, the book's open. Take the book. Feed on the book. Eat the book. Live the word. Let it have preeminence in you and keep moving. Keep walking. Keep going as far as the light of the word will let you go. You have to move today. You have to move. It's not just God sent a prophet. Thank God he sent a prophet. Thank God he did. But at that point, when people accepted that and they stopped there, they stayed in an infant state. But God can't come back. He's not coming back to marry an infant. There is to be a mature word bride living and breathing and walking on the earth that has fed on the word and who has grown up in maturity because they have walked and they have continued to grow in the light of this last day. It's not an infant bride 
on the earth. Because there's a people, instead of just saying God sent a prophet and his name is William Branham, that they've actually grown and moved on underneath the message that he actually delivered. They've actually allowed it to come in them and change their life and grow from glory to glory. To where it's not just an infant bride on the earth anymore. But it's a mature, elect lady that is coming to her position, growing and moving under the message of Malachi 4. Oh, but Brother Aaron, you don't understand. We've arrived. We're here. There is nothing more for us to attain. That's the exact same attitude that denominated every other age. It's the exact same attitude that caused them to dry up and die. Every age prior to us couldn't go any further because they said, this is it. There is no more. And when, when God would move on, they would say, that's not of God. This is God. That's not God. This is, that's why when people are, won't move with the Spirit and they see you move and they see you run, shout, dance, they go, that's not God. Because they're unwilling to move. He said, Deuteronomy 1-7, turn you. Not a new message, not a new messenger, but a corner was turned. A direction changed. And, you know, men in our nature have problems. I'm not picking on the men. Humanity. How about that? In our nature have problems turning corners. We have problems when God moves in a certain way for so long, accepting when he moves in another way or when he does something else. No, 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 no. That's not God because this is God. Well, why can't this be God and that be God? Why does he have to move within your little shoebox, within your little box of how God does things? God said, turn. He said, turn. You've been in that same place way too long. You've been standing there too long, and he's telling you to turn. A direction has been changed, and people have a problem changing directions, and usually what you'll find is men who can't turn corners will always criticize those that do. Men who can't turn a corner will always point at the ones who do turn corners and say they're compromisers or they're going backwards or they've gotten off the word. When in reality, the ones who turned the corners are the one who saw the moving of the pillar of fire and they said, come on, church, take up your tent stakes, pack up the camp. It's time to move this morning. It's time to go. God's doing something and I don't want to be left right here. I don't want to be left behind. He's moving on. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being there in Egypt? And, and, and putting blood upon the doorpost because that's what the message told you to do. And then the next day, they gather everyone together and they're marching out. And we're standing there going, look at them fanatics. The message was to put blood on the doorpost. Where are y'all going? You're leaving the message. You're leaving the message. The message put, said put blood on the doorpost. So I'm going to stay here every day and put blood on the doorpost. Where do you think you're going, fanatics? Why are you moving? What's wrong with them? Did the message not say put blood on the doorpost? I'm with the message. But the message turned a corner and said, it's time to leave. It's time to go. And people. 
people who can see and said, I'm going, I'm leaving, I'm not staying here another day. I thank God for the blood on the doorpost. I thank God for that. But today the message said, get up and get out. And I'm moving with the pillar of fire today. I'm glad that we're at a place where we're allowed to grow. I'm glad that we can advance because as long as we're still here, there's more to accomplish. If we had achieved it all, we wouldn't still be here. But there's more to grasp, more to accomplish, more people to reach. There's more power of the gospel for each and every one of us. There's more for us to experience. There's more for Evening Light Tabernacle to do. There's more for the bride of Jesus Christ to do. That's why we're still here. And that's why we have to continue moving. Look, you're never going to get to the promised land staying where you're at. Unless you think where you're at is the promised land. You got ripped off. <clears throat> Brother Branham says, I've noticed among our brethren that many of you, as coming into the full gospel people, coming from the Baptist church myself, <clears throat> excuse me, and accepting the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost being a separate work of the Holy Spirit. And I thought then, when the Martin Luther reached justification by faith, he thought that settled it. That was the light for his day. And he preached it and believed it and held on to it. And it was the light of that day. Then he entered another veil, a man, John Wesley, when Calvinism began to sweep the nation. And they'd settled down to saying, what God's going to do, he will do. And it does us no good to have a revival. God raised up John Wesley, and he certainly smashed Calvinism to the ground. To the other places where it ought to have been in its right balance, under the works of sanctification, the second work of grace. Nazarenes carried it on, and along come the Pentecostals then next, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, moving on up into higher heights. And now when the brethren received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they said, this is the summit, this is all of it. But brethren, that's wrong, see? There is no summit to God's power. There is no summit. We move on and on and on. It's the unlimited resources of God has never been tapped yet. Blessings and powers that we know nothing about. It's never even been revealed to archangels. And it's laying just ahead for his church that will believe. I think I'll stay right here. No, sir. He said it's laying just ahead. Things that hadn't even been revealed to archangels. He said there's no limit to it. I say today we move towards it. I say today we get up and we go and we march and we don't stop until we're living in the glories of God, living, overcoming lives, living and breathing victorious Christians, the bride of Jesus Christ in flesh because it's all just ahead of us. But you're not going to get it sitting where you're at this morning. He says, for eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the hearts of men what God has for them in store that love him. So let's move up and claim our rights. As God opens the gates and swings out the welcome mat, let's move on up into deeper depths and never colonize ourselves to organize ourselves and to get into a place where this is, well, we believe this and that's all. Let's believe this plus how much more we can hear from God. Let's believe this plus. Let's believe in door, blood on the doorpost plus leaving Egypt. 
Let's believe what God has today plus. I think that ought to be the motive of every man and woman that loves the Lord Jesus. To receive all that you can from the hand of his bountiful mercies. That's my heart, he says. In churches, many times they'd never say it. But you can see the attitude of, well, this is all there is to it. By the fact that the church is dead. There is no moving in the spirit. There are no baptisms. There are no repentances. There are no healings. There is no nothing. And there's nothing going on. Nothing. Brother Aaron, you just want every service to be people running and shouting. and Absolutely not. But I expect there to be life. I expect to see lives changed. I expect to see overcomers. I expect to see sinners weeping their way to Calvary. I expect to see the things the gospel promised actually happen. Forgive me for believing that the word is true. And that those things are supposed to happen amongst believers. It's not often spoken, but it reflects in the fact that there's a dead church. And once you settle down to that and you become comfortable with that, then the pillar of fire moves on. The pillar of fire will not settle over a dead church. Brother Brown says they followed the pillar of fire. They kept it in the will of the Lord by do they kept in the will of the Lord by doing so. How beautiful. Through 1500 years of dark ages though they failed to see it, but there was a fellow one day by the name of Martin Luther. He saw the pillar of fire and away he went on the first reformation. But you know what? He organized his church so tight it began to be to where only the Lutheran church. You was either Lutheran or you wasn't in it pillar of fire won't hang over nothing like that so away it went luther couldn't follow it because luther had been dead for years and another round of servants and apostles or apostles of the church and another round and another round weakened down just like the disciples and the pillar of fire moved away from the lutheran church luther couldn't go because he had all his rituals and everything wrote up then there was a little fellow by the name of john wesley in england he saw it and away he went and he had a revival that saved England, the United States, the English known world in that day, the Wesley revival, Wesley, George Whitfield, oh, Asbury, many of them, they had that great revival. And then the first thing you know, they got so organized down till they began to get after, to, to get after a few rounds just as cold and starchy as they could be. Why is it that he always equates cold and starchy with denominationalism? Because it's dead. Brother Aaron, what do you think every message church should be? Alive. How that life shows itself in your church is not for me to say. But I know that it always showed itself the same in the Bible. So if we're going to go by the Bible standard, I have a pretty good idea of how it should show itself alive in your church. And it should not be cold and starchy. He said, that's right. The pillar of fire won't hang over that. Let's read that again. They were just as cold and starchy as they could be. That's right. The pillar of fire won't hang over that. So away it went. And a bunch of people called Pentecostals seen it. And away they went after it. And they built them a church under it. But you know the sad part? The Pentecostals are so organized, the pillar of fire is moving out again, and they can't go. That's right. But the pillar of fire is moving anyhow. 
God said it would. That's right. They had the sign of the fire by night and the cloud by day that led them. Listen, the pillar of fire is moving anyhow. You can try to sit down on it. You can sit there and fold your arms and say, I ain't going. That's okay. Somebody always sees it and goes with it. Some sat down and said, this is it. I won't move. I'm not going to worship like that. That's okay. You won't hinder me because the pillar of fire is moving on anyhow, and I'm going with it today. I'm marching where the pillar of fire tells me to go. And that's been the problem. So many have camped down through the ages, but there's always been somebody that was willing to go. Always somebody who wasn't ashamed to walk in the light. Always been somebody who wasn't ashamed to worship in spirit and in truth. I believe there's a people today all around the world that are still growing, that are still progressing, that are still maturing, that are still being led by the Holy Spirit in this day. Why? Because we cannot continue to perpetuate the ages. We can't do what the other ages did. They didn't rapture. You won't either if you do the same thing. But God said, I will have a bride. He said, there will be overcomers in Laodicea. I say, it might as well be me. It might as well be you. I'm going to set my eyes on the pillar of fire, and I'm going to move today. I'm going to go where it goes. I'm going to stop where it stops. But I'm always going to be ready to move when it moves again. There is a people moving forward today under the leadership of the pillar of fire. People who are looking away from circumstances. People who are willing to look away from politics and get their eyes on the fact that the pillar of fire is still moving. Oh, but there's a sea in the way. He said, speak that they go forward. But what are we going to do about food when we get over there? Go forward. What about water? There's no water in the desert. Go forward. But what about go forward? But you don't understand that. Go forward. Woo, we could have a lot of what ifs in the day we live in. Oh, but there's so many people falling away. Go forward. There's 10,000 falling on this side and 1,000. Go forward today. But look at politics and the government and COVID. Go forward. But what about my situation? Go forward. Trust the pillar of fire. He said we were going to the other side. I say go forward. You can trust this God today. You can have faith in him today. Just go forward. That's what a mature bride does. She presses on. A mature people willing to move when the pillar of fire moves. The move is on for the bride. He says some of you people that really believe this to be the truth, that we're entering another age, we're entering the rapture age, you know the church can't go in its condition and it can't get any better. It must get worse. How many knows that? It's got to get worse. It can't go like this, see? It's got to be something, and it's moving right now. Friend, it's, it's on. The move is on for the bride. That's the truth. That's thus saith the Lord. If you're slumbering today, wake up. If you're lukewarm today, wake up. It is the time, it is the hour, it is the moment that the move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. And it's getting closer than it's ever been to going home time. The prophet would say the train is in the blocks. It's the flashing red lights of the sign of his coming. We're right at the doorstep of eternity. Wake up and move this morning. Find the oil. Get the oil. Trim your lamps. Get ready. He's coming. Go ye out to meet him. Move. 
know, Israel had been in Egypt for 400 years, and all things seemed to be as they had always been. To those that can't see with a spiritual eye, those who have lost their faith and lost their way, this is where they end up. Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. I'm going to take my jacket off, Brother Joe. I'm going to tell them like I told them at Brother Jason Jackson's. I used to keep my jacket on because of the complex of how fat I am. But then I looked in the mirror and realized it didn't help. So I might as well take it off. <laughs> might, as well, might as well be cool. That jacket didn't help nothing. You get your eye off of spiritual things. Get in trouble. They get their eye off of spiritual things and they don't see that nothing's going on. They don't realize that nothing's happening to the point that most didn't even think about a deliverer anymore. I wonder truly, and I know there's many of you that can say, oh, I do, I do, and I believe you. But I wonder if every one of us every single day spend a, a, a lot of time thinking about the rapture. Or have we gotten so beat down, so caught up in life, so trapped in a slave mentality of I got to go make bricks for Pharaoh that we forgot there's a deliverance promise. We forgot there's a promise. And we forgot that it's going to happen no matter what's going on on Thursday at work. No matter what happened on Tuesday at work. No matter what went on in the argument that happened in your home. That has nothing to do with the promise. And some got to the point where they didn't even think about the deliverer anymore. So beat down, consumed with the slave mentality. But there were still some there that were ready to move. There were some that hadn't given up hope. I'm one of those this morning. Prophet of God says, little old frail body, lost a lot of weight. Up the creaky steps he goes. He goes over there and kneels down. And he says, oh, Jehovah. And I love the way Brother Brown says that he speaks to Jehovah because it's in real talk. You don't got to be fancy. Listen to what Brother Brown says. He says, he prayed like he never prayed before. He said, Jehovah, looky here. <laughs> looky here. You're a real God. We believe you got ears. We believe you got eyes and you know all things. And we believe you're the God of the Hebrews and we're the people of the promise. We believe you keep your word. Said, look at the heathens out here and how they're taking cheap labor and building great big roads and idols and everything. You, Jehovah, would you sit in heaven and let the heathen rule over us? I don't believe you'll do it, amen. Brother Brown says, I still don't believe he'll do it, amen. When the devil comes in, God is still God. Remember that this morning. When the devil's coming after you, God is still God. You are still his child. You still have every right promise to you. You have the authority to stand. Look the devil in the eye and say, back up. Get off my property. I'm moving this morning. I'm taking another step. You back off because God is still God. He says, right. He will not permit the devil to do that. I believe it's the day that when fashion and nonsense and all this Tommy rot's going on, still God reigns and he's still God, right? What we need, somebody like Hamram got the burden on their heart who will stay there and pray it through until the heavens is split open yonder. God comes down and answers prayers. Amen. Amen. Evening Light Tabernacle moved today. 
Move under a burden of prayer. Move to a deeper sincerity. Move to a deeper consecration. Somebody that will begin to pray, God, this is your word. Fulfill your word. Move, Lord. You see how the heathen rage. You see how they're trying to ruin this and ruin that and keep us down. But I don't believe you're going to let it happen today because God is still God. There's going to be somebody that falls to their knees and begins to pray, God, fulfill your word. God, move in our life. God, send a rapture. God, send deliverance. We're believing. We're praying. We haven't given up. We're holding on. We're moving today. We're pressing the battle. Fulfill your word, Lord. You promised it. We believe it. Got to be more like Amram. God, you are still God. That burden had taken a hold of Amram's heart. A moving was taking place in his heart. Oh, God, fulfill your word. Because the time of the promise was drawing nigh. Brother Brown says also he was told by his mother of his mysterious birth and how that the time of hand had come. Close to the hour that there was to be a deliverance, Amram and Joshebed, the sons and daughters of Levi, began to pray to God to send a deliverer. When you see the time of the promise drawing nigh, it sets people to praying and hungering. Acts 7, 17 says, But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. The time. Hopefully this will give faith to some people holding on for things. He's very specific when he says the time. It's amazing to me that an eternal God spoke an eternal word that so often references time. All throughout the scriptures we find it. And it's because that even though he is not a time being, he is a God of perfect timing. Because he recognizes the fact that you have to live in a body subject to time. And so he's a God of perfect timing. And he has placed something on the inside of us that allows us to recognize those moments predestinated moments in time that you, an eternal being, dwelling in a time body, are able to recognize because God put that seed gene on the inside of you. Now, I can remember the night that my son Jude was healed of his kidney trouble. Lydia had been out in the nursery changing, changing him. And most of you know how his kidneys worked or didn't work and how one-on-one worked at 8%, and they had talked about removing it and but she walked in the back door to come sit back down. Service was almost over. And as she walked in the door, she went to turn right. And the Lord spoke to her and said, it's his time. But she didn't wait to see if there would be a prayer line. She didn't wait to see. She dropped the bags right there at the floor, on the door, dropped, and to the front she went. Because something on the inside of her recognized a predestinated moment. How wonderful our God is, an eternal God with an eternal world, dealing with eternal beings, trapped in time bodies, and yet he puts a seed gene on the inside of us that allows us to recognize time moments when we have need of him. And I'll never forget the powerful moment, and I remember after it was over, I remember Sister Vicky telling Lydia, I know he's healed, I felt the power of God fall in the place. It's just little things like that that you remember as time goes on. We take him back to the doctor not too long after that, and the very doctor that had been treating him begins to try to explain to us that there's been some kind of mistakes, 
and somewhere along the way, somebody misdiagnosed him. Man, you've been treating him for six months. I don't know. I found him. But God allowed her to recognize a moment. He is very time-specific. He fulfills his eternal word, but it's in time moments. And over and over and over, Scripture would say, at the time appointed. Oh, Brother Heron, I've been holding on for this promise so long. What he's saying in Genesis 18, 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Let me encourage you in your struggle, where you're at, what you're dealing with. There is a appointed time for your deliverance. There is an appointed time for your miracle. There is a appointed time that's coming. There's an appointed time for salvation. There's an appointed time for your children. There is an appointed time that God's going to move on the scene for you. And exactly what you have need of is going to be taken care of in a moment. And I believe that each and every one of you are going to recognize that moment. Something's going to flash on that seat, Gene. You're going to say, this is it. This is the time. This is the moment. And when he moves on your behalf, you're going to be able to walk right into it and play your part and move because something is speaking down to you. That word's calling out to that word. That life's calling out to that life. You say, this is it. I've held on. I've prayed. I've believed. And here I am. My moment. My miracle. My moment right here in the presence of Almighty God. He has a time appointed for each and every one of you and what you're holding on for. <sighs> and the time of the promise had drawn nigh. And God was going to send a deliverer, a mighty message. One that would take them out, but one that would also take them in. Amen. On this journey, there would be times that they made camp and stopped. Why, Brother Aaron? Because the pillar of fire stopped. The pillar of fire stopped, and it was the pillar of fire doing the leading, not Moses. And if we could get that back in our pulpits, and we could get that back in our homes, to where it was the pillar of fire doing the leading... It was the pillar of fire, the Holy Spirit doing the directing. And it wasn't man going, I think this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to take this job, and I'm going to leave this church, and this, and this, and this, without any leadership whatsoever. Then we'd be a place to where we're moving and progressing in God instead of stuck in a camp somewhere or wandering around a mountain that we've been wandering around for 40 years, and God saying, turn this morning. Turn away from that. Get back under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and begin to move. Numbers 9, 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, and the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandments of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from even unto the morning that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. 
Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days, a month, or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. No, it wasn't. It was taken up and they went, I bet if I stay here a couple more days, I can catch them. I can catch up to them. I'm, I, I like it here. This is a nice oasis. Really? The pillar of fire is moving at 2 a.m.? And I got to move? No, they journeyed. When it moved, they moved. When it stopped, they stopped. We have to be a people, once again, led by the pillar of fire. They were led by the pillar of fire, and they had to be ready to move, whether it was convenient, whether it was inconvenient, whether it was comfortable, whether it was uncomfortable, and it didn't matter what everybody else in the camp thought. But it's a Wednesday night, Brother Aaron, and it's really it's a teaching service, and there's nothing going on, and the Lord's moving on me right now. I don't know what to do. I better sit still. doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't really matter. But the Lord's moved on me, and I was about to speak in tongues, but I quenched it. Really? You just admitted that the Lord moved on you and you quenched it. Boy, I wanted to get out of my seat and run. Not bad enough. Because you didn't move. I saw you. Aaron, you're dealing with emotion. Okay. What I'm dealing with is if God moves on you to do something, do it. He moved on me yesterday to go to prayer and I, and I had somewhere in my heart and I knew I should have done it, but I got caught up in this. No, it doesn't matter when it moves. It doesn't matter how unreal it seems to you or it doesn't make sense. Just move and do what he's asking you to do. Be willing and able to move whenever he moves. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. You, you can't care what everyone else is doing. The one who is leading you is telling you today it's time for you to move. Is he talking to me? You. It's time for you to move. If the pillar of fire moved, you have to move. And that's been the failure of the church all down through the ages. And we see in the failure of the church rising up once again. They camp down on a truth. They put a period at the end of their experience. And in so doing, they lose the leadership of the Holy Ghost because the pillar of fire moves on. And they're so concerned with where they set up their camp. They've camped down. They put their stakes in too deep. And the pillar of fire moves. And there they stay. Camp down on truth. Camp down on truth and yet getting no closer to the pillar of fire. Brother Joe, if my ultimate goal is to make it out that back door, and I say, but this chair is comfortable. Is that true? Are these chairs pretty comfortable, Brother Joe? It's a truth. It's comfortable. But you're supposed to go out that back door. Now, you don't understand how true this is. This chair is comfortable. And no matter how long I sit here, on this truth, I will never get any closer to that back door. No matter how long they stayed camped down in their truth, and it is a truth, they're not moving towards the promised land. They are making no progress. Church, I don't want to be a sitting duck today. I don't want to be stuck there on the ground, not willing and not able to move, sitting still while the enemy gathers around, sitting still making myself a target, sitting there while depression circles me like hungry wolves. Sitting still, why am I so depressed? Because you've been in the same spot for 10 years. 
You hadn't moved in five years. Depression's got me bound down. Well, today, get up and move away from that spirit. Move away from that thing. Move away from sickness. Move away from anxiety. People get hung up on the same old stuff because they're in the same old place and they hadn't moved in years and years and years and they wonder, why can't I overcome? You've never got out of the reach of the taskmasters. You've never moved far enough away from Egypt. You're still right there. They're like, woohoo, I left Egypt. And the Egyptians are like, I see you. You're still right there. Move. Move today. I will go forward. Brother Branham says, my, if any time it ever looked like they ought to retreat was then. But God has no retreat. There's no place to retreat in God. Go forward. The doctor says it's cancer. Go forward. He says it's TB. Go forward. The devil says you can't give this up. Go forward. Your, if your home says you're going to be fanatical, go forward. The church turns you out. Go forward. There's no retreating back. Go forward. Speak. Go forward. Speak what? His word. And go forward. Thus saith the Lord and move on. Thus saith the Lord and move on. I love that this morning. This is going on. That's going on. My trials, my trials. Thus saith the Lord and move on. Move away from that thing this morning. The pillar of fire has come back into the church and it's still moving and it's still leading and it's guiding and it's doing the same exact things that it did in the Bible. It's producing the exact same works that it did in Brother Bradham's ministry. The word is preached and healings take place. The word is preached and people are filled with the Holy Ghost. The word is preached and you see deliverances. The word is preached and there's salvation. The word is preached and you see an outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not ashamed to say that. You see the gifts poured out when the word is preached. And if you aren't seeing those things, if you aren't experiencing those things, it's because you've camped out where you are right now for far too long. You've been there too long and... You can't become a mature word bride sitting there at the age of seven. You've grown none. You've moved none. And yet we are to be a mature word bride. We say he's coming back for me. You've got to reach maturity. Oh, we're a mature word bride church, Brother Aaron, and yet the lost sit there and stay lost. Demons torment the young people. Lust and pornography runs unchecked. Nothing said about it. Nothing dealt with. Maybe because the same problems in the leadership. Afraid to speak out against things. There's no shout of the king in the camp. Oh, we're on this journey. Are you? We must be on different roads. There's to be a shout of the king in the camp because there's victory in the camp. Because the enemy can't stand before us. Because we're moving forward to onward Christian soldier. Slaying any enemy that comes up against us. Not backing up. Not backing down. If it rises up, we cut it down. There is rejoicing. There is overcoming. There is power in the house of God. Because we've moved forward underneath the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are to be a church on the move. A church that makes the demons tremble. Listen, Rahab didn't give that testimony to the spies because she heard about how nice their camp was. There is fear in everybody and strength left in nobody because y'all's tents are awesome. Man, I've seen how y'all lay in those tents. Comfy. Because oh. we heard how the Red Sea parted. 
how you came across and how you crushed this king and crushed that king and you moved forward and you came forward and the demons know you're getting closer and the demons know you're taking more ground and you're taking more ground and you're possessing this and you're possessing that and you're taking this and you're taking it back and you're cutting this one and you're killing that one and you're marching on and on and they know you're getting closer and closer and closer and they're trembling and there's fear and there's no courage left and they can't stand before you because you're a living church a breathing church a powerful church moving onward underneath the anointing of the Holy Spirit Satan be careful she's coming she's crossed the Red Sea she's crossed Jordan she's killed this king and she's coming after you to tear your kingdom down hallelujah hallelujah come on now it's time to move from unbelief into faith it's time to break camp. It's time to pull up those tent stakes. Come on, it's time for dry bones to move. It's time for cancers to move. It's time for mountains to move. It's time for you to move. What we need today is a good old-time Holy Ghost revival. What we need today is an old-time shaking again of the power of God. A moving of the mulberry bushes to go forward to battle again. God's given the moving if people would just listen to it and believe it. It's time to move. It's time to go. I hear Russell. I hear Russell. That's what's been happening. I hear things going forward. You look at a different interpretation there, it actually, a moving is the sound of marching soldiers in the treetops. You're encamped about by angels. And he's gone before you. What do you have to fear? Oh, I've been sitting here waiting on a, I'm waiting to move. Okay, it's time. He's telling you this morning, I've gone before you. I'm taking care of the enemy. Now it's time for you to move. And come on, move with me. Don't be afraid. Move. You hear the rustle means he's gone before you. It's a moving. It's one step closer. They moved with Moses underneath the same message. Not something new. It's a coming out, but it's a going in. The coming out was great, church, but I'm ready for the going in. I enjoyed the coming out. I enjoyed seeing those kingdoms torn down, but I'm ready for a going in. And in order to go in, you're going to have to move, and it's in this time. It's in this hour, under this message, that we're going to cross over, and we're going to go in, and we're going to possess all that was promised to us. It's not something new. I'm just telling you something's happening. I'm just telling you, you don't, don't put your tent stakes buried too deep in your own conceptions of how things are supposed to be because there's something happening. It's time to move. Well, Brother Aaron, it's been happening. Well, sure it's been happening. It's the greatest message ever strike the face of the earth, and it struck the earth a good while ago now. It's been happening. The move is on. That's thus saith the Lord. That was spoken right here in Shreveport in 1965. So the move has been on since that time. I'm not trying to tell you this is a new move. I'm just saying if you can't feel the change in the air, come on now. I'm just telling you, if you can't feel the change in the air, if your soul isn't just a little bit excited, if there ain't something telling you that it's happening, if there ain't something telling you there's a shaking going on, if there ain't something telling you that rapture day is just around the corner, I don't know what to tell you because I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my soul. I realize we're right here. I realize there's a rustling. He's gone before us. There's no devil can stop us now. We're moving now. We're walking towards that other ram now. We're right on the verge in any day. We're going to take that final step. We're going to cross over. It's not a new move. I'm just telling you, get ready. 
Get ready. Get ready to move. You be ready to move because the move can be happening all it wants to. And if you ain't moving with it, it's doing you no good. People are being shook like never before. People are finding freedom they've never had. Miraculous is happening all around us. Brother Brown says, oh my, the time is here now to speak. I believe the time is here for us to speak. Don't you think so? I believe the time that the church should move up or is going back. I believe the time that the signs of Mark 16 ought to be following the believer. Don't you believe so? Church, the patriarchs longed to see this day. They were excited, and they wanted to be a part of this moment, and you have that opportunity. And yet, Brother Branham looked at it and said, the church is afraid to move. He said, the church is afraid to move. He said, so wrapped up in tradition. Don't be afraid to make that move, church. If you do, you're going to dry up. If you don't move, you're going to dry up right where you sit. You got to be willing to move with the Spirit. Move with the message. Move with the moving. Move with the moving. We got to learn from ages gone by. Great and powerful moves of God that just dried up to nothing. Dried up to nothing because they were unwilling to move when there was a further unveiling or when light shed on something that they had not seen before, even if it had come through the message of their hour. But because they hadn't seen it originally, when light shines on something, move to it. Walk in the light. That's what you're called to do. Some people are so stuck. Forgive me, but some people are so stuck on God sent a prophet that they have no desire to move from that revelation there. Brother Branham said, believe that plus. Believe that plus. Well, what's the danger against that? Isn't that a good thing that God sent a prophet? Absolutely. In my study, and I came across this, and it kind of shocked me, talking about being stuck in place, that all the way through the end of the second century, there were still devout followers of John the Baptist that believed he was it and never were able to even look and see what his message had pointed to. But they walked with John. They walked with John. It was all about John and John and John. And John, and they never would accept what he actually pointed to, that he was the forerunner of the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And they walked under this revelation that John was a prophet, and it was a truth. But they never got any closer to heaven walking in that belief. Because there was one he pointed to that said, I am the truth, and I am the life. He is the way. But they were stuck on John and they were unable to move. Then you got others that, that, are, that are stuck in Pharaoh worship, which means sure you can worship but only go so far. Only go a little bit. They put limits on how God moves. They limit how you're allowed to respond. They limit how far you're allowed to go and therefore they limit their own victory. And they try to hold people in fear and they try to hold people in bondage because they're kingdom builders is what they are. They're kingdom builders, and they're trying to hold people under their self, and so they point at other ministries, and they run them down, and they point to other things, and they point to miracles, and they say this isn't needed, and that isn't needed, and it's all excuse because it's not happening in their church, and it's not happening in their church because a long time ago, the pillar of fire moved, and they were camped down, and they were unable and unwilling to move at the time, and so they try to hold people by fear, and yet I believe that true seed of God won't stay there. True seed of God won't stand for that. Brother Branham says, 
but the world is beginning to find where your secret is. What makes that power? What's these fellows doing? They're finding and trying to say that the days of miracles is past. There's no such thing as divine healing. Now listen close. And all this here shouting and praising the Lord and all these signs and wonders are not right. And it's because they don't know God. They've never been born again. I'm going to read that again. They say there's no such thing as divine healing and all this here shouting and praising the Lord and all these signs and wonders are not right. And it's because they don't know God. They've never been born again. God's Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his power is the same. They've come too late to tell me about it. I've experienced it, and I know what I'm talking about. Listen, man does not orchestrate this movement of the Holy Spirit, so therefore man will not be able to stop it. They may can stop it in their little corner. They might can stop it out in their little church and watch it shrivel up and die. But what's going to happen is those people, those true seeds of God, they're not going to stand for that. And they're going to go somewhere and find somewhere where the Holy Spirit is moving, where there's life flowing, where there's lives changed, where they can be delivered, where they can be set free. Because there's something that longs on the inside of them to be with a living God in a living presence, in a living atmosphere. It's not orchestrated a man, and so man cannot stop it. Look, I don't want to argue with them. If that's where they want to operate, let them operate right there. I don't have time. I'm moving. I'm moving on. Brother Branham says, Don Wells, the one that wrote me, received the Holy Ghost. Dr. Rodhead, the president of the great Sudan missions, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my front room. See? Now he said, Brother Branham, the move is on. So some of them, when I said Lee, they thought it was Dr. Lee at Memphis. So they wrote that. They wrote there and told them, oh, no, certainly Dr. Lee wouldn't believe that. I said, what about it? I said, if he wants to travel in an ox cart, let him go. We're on a jet plane. Let's move on. We're a different type of Baptist. Let's go on. The move is on. God is moving among his people. I say, if they want to travel in a horse and buggy, let them alone. If they want to travel in an ox cart, let them alone. But I say today that the move is on and there's a people that are no longer bound to earth, but they're in a jet plane. They're in the astronaut age and they're moving on. Look, the move is on that's thus saith the Lord and people are moving out and they're looking for life and they're finding life because the Spirit's being poured out in the last days upon all flesh and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get in the atmosphere of life and they're moving and they're looking and they're searching and they refuse to be held down. They refuse to be held in bondage. They refuse to be held there. They say, I got to move. I got to go. I got to go. The pillar of fire is moving and I'm going with it. I'm moving with it. I won't be caught sitting here. They're going to places where life is because the move is on. Where the Holy Spirit has preeminence. Where there's worship in spirit and in truth. You say, well, that's just Tommy Rot. All that is emotion. That dancing and carry on is idiotic. You know, there's actually a quote where Brother Brown agrees with that. Calls it idiotic. I'll read it to you. And if Jesus was considered a holy roller himself, he died on the cross as a heretic. And the early church was considered a bunch of nitwits. Paul told Agrippa in the way that's called heresy, so worship I the God of our fathers. I'm glad tonight to join with and say... In the way that's called holy rollers, crazy, nonsense, idiotic worship, I'm going to worship. 
Jesus Christ in the power of his resurrection by the Holy Ghost, amen. In the way that's called idiotic, count me in. If that's what you want to call it, the prophet of God said that's how he was going to worship, that's how I'm going to worship. If you don't like it, you want to call me an idiot, that's fine. I'll be over here with Brother Branham, you call him what you want to. I'm just saying I'm doing what he said do. If you don't like it, you can take it up with the prophet because that's not an Aaron quote. I've got a lot of those, but I don't bring those over the pulpit. That's the prophet of God. And he said, that's how I'm going to worship. I think I'd rather have a little joy. I think I'd rather have a little shouting. I think I'd rather have a little dancing. I think I'd rather have a little bit of Holy Ghost worship and take all the criticism in the world than sit there in a place that's dried up, dead, more just sitting there, don't move like a bunch of bumps on a pickle, sitting there just staring at the pulpit, don't know what's going on, ain't moved in years and years and years and years, and you're dead. That's fine. Call me an idiot. I'd rather have a little emotion. I'd rather have a little running around the church, a little shouting, a little praising, because I've seen the fruits of it. You say it's emotion, I say I've seen the sick healed. You say it's emotion, I say I've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. You say it's emotion, I say I've seen people saved. I've seen lives changed. I've seen people completely, their lives revolutionized and changed in a moment. If you want to call it emotion, I'll take that kind of emotion. It makes me emotional. Thank you, Jesus, when you move. Thank you for saving. Thank you for calling. We're a church that's willing and able to move. pillar of fire moves on. It's a quote. The pillar of fire moves on and God moves with it and somebody sees it and goes on. I skipped a lot so bear with me here. Hopefully I can bring this right back in. See there are movements against the movement. Movements against the moving of the spirit. Brother Brown says they got people to obey them until the time came that their way of worship did not in any way at all resemble the early days of Pentecost. And that's why we hammer against it so much. He says that the bride of the last day is going to move and will return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, that spirit of denomination will work itself in and bring formalism and try to formalize the worship. Denomination is not a headquarters somewhere. All right, denomination doesn't mean you have soup suppers on Tuesday and you go feed the old people on Thursday and you do this and, and then you report to headquarters. And Denomination is a spirit that binds the moving of the Holy Spirit. It drives tent stakes down really deep. It puts everything in a box. It puts a period at the end of experiences. And hating programs becomes your program. Bless God, we're not a denomination. Are you not? That becomes all you stand for. When it gets to the point that all you stand for is standing against things, then you're not standing for anything. Don't tell me, look, if you have something so amazing, then point to it. Tell me what you have. Show me the life. That's exactly right. Preach the gospel. 
When hating everything becomes your gospel, you have no gospel to give. And as the spirit of denomination, to where your services become so ritualistic that it's like a Catholic mass. Oh, not so, Brother Aaron. Is it not predictable? We're going to sing this many songs. We're always going to invite the preacher out on this song. He's going to preach about 45 minutes. We're going to have two songs at the end. We're going to dismiss. When's the last time that the Spirit had such control of the service that you were shocked at how it went? I can't believe that happened. And I don't mean the preacher went five minutes too long. But the Lord moved in a way that blew your mind because it wasn't put in a box. That is the spirit of denominationalism. Brother Branham says, that's the commission of the church today. Lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us that we might run. The race with patience that is set before us. Hebrews 12 said, seeing we're compassed about with such a great crowd of witnesses. How the miracles was done by faith. Said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us. We're stopping too much for little social things. We're stopping too much and tolerate with the world. We're stopping too much to see if we don't get a little bit too fanatical. I'm scared more. I'm more afraid of a person that's afraid than I am the person that's a fanatic. That's right. I'd rather have a little wildfire than have no fire at all. Sure I would. I'd rather be around a fire that's popping and jumping anytime if the world's cold than to be around an iceberg. Certainly, don't paint a fire. You can't get warm by a painted fire. You've got to have some real fire. Church, I'm more afraid of people that are afraid of being fanatical than I am of the fanatical. Because someone who's afraid of the fanatical will never be able to move even when it is the real thing. The real spirit of God moves and they're sitting there going, I don't want to be a fanatic. Is it not okay to be a fanatic for Jesus? Is it not okay? We got to be a church on the move even like Tabernacle. Marching to the orders of the word, sold out, separated, moving from glory to glory, from victory to victory, following the leading of the pillar of fire. I believe that this church moves. I believe that you are a living testimony that the message of Malachi 4 works. I believe that you are a testimony of Hebrews 13 and 8. I believe you're a testimony of John 14, 12. I believe you're a testimony that by his stripes, we are healed. You hear the critic. Critics say, well, what about when you pray and pray and pray and it doesn't work? And you lose someone like this church lost Sister Karen. See, that's not how I see it. Brain bleeds, Brother Joe had tried time after time and failed because by his stripes I'm healed. They came and attacked our sister Karen and couldn't take her. So that brain bleed, you know what it tried to do? It tried to take her sight and cause blindness. Couldn't even take her sight. As a matter of fact, in the midst of its attack trying to take her sight, not only did she receive a healing, 
and a deliverance, but a little boy got up and walked and ran. Been walking and running just fine ever since. He's fast. Just ask him. He says, cheetah. Brain bleeds brought an attack against our sister Karen, and out of it we got a testimony. Because by his stripes we are healed. Because Hebrews 13, 8, we're a living testimony of it. They couldn't even take her sight. It couldn't even take her joy. So it comes back again in a bigger, badder, more menacing attack. And it comes in and it hits her and it causes a midline shift. And it says, this time I got her. She's only got five minutes to live. And even if she lives past that, she'll be a vegetable. Wrong again, devil. Once again, Hebrews 13, 8, once again, by his stripes, I'm healed. He raises her right up from that. She makes a complete recovery. She travels the world. She testifies of God's healing and his mercies. She runs around this church as a testimony that by his stripes, I am healed. She testifies by a life lived with her shoulders back and head up. Let me remind the devil that he failed. I would like to tell him that his brain bleeds failed. All that happened was Sister Karen was used by the Lord Jesus to remind us once again that divine healing is real, that divine healing is the truth, and that is the earnest of a new body. Sister Karen testifies to you, there is a resurrection, there is a new body, there is life. Satan, you failed. Out of everything you did, there is a church that saw divine healing and the reality of it, and that it was a testimony, there is a resurrection. It was the earnest that I have a new body waiting for me. And she did her job. You said, and brain bleeds took her. Nope, brain bleeds didn't take her. The Lord Jesus said, you've done your job, Sister Karen. Come on home. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You ran a good race. She testified a living testimony by his stripes. I am healed. And although we're always going to remember her, and we will always honor a life, a remarkable life, live for the Lord Jesus, you will not find this family, nor will you find this church camped down in mourning. We're moving. You're not going to find us camped down here, camped down in sadness, camped down in woe is me. We're going to keep right on moving, proclaiming God's a healer, God's a savior. He fills with the Holy Ghost. He heals in every situation. We're going to keep preaching this glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus because it's the truth and because it works. And in Sister Karen's life, it proved that it works. So we're not going to camp down there. We're going to move on because she won. Church, she won. We're all going to win. You can't fail if you're moving on. If you're following the pillar of fire, you win. That's how this thing works. Brother Brown said, we believe that through divine healings, we have the earnest of our redeemed bodies. And if there is no divine healing now, there is no resurrection of the body. Divine healing is the earnest of our redeemed body. Did you ever think of that? If there's no divine healing, then when we go to the grave, that's all of it. You'll be there forever. And your dust will go away. And there'll be no more of you, see. But look at the day we're living in. What's promised for this day? Where are we? We've moved on up. The pillar of fire moves and the children of Israel moved with the pillar of fire. Or they went back to Egypt. Oh, Moses, this is a good spot. Let's camp right here. The Lord just opened the Red Sea. This is where the power of God is. Let's camp right here. Let's stay right here. God's moving right here. Surely God is here. Moses, God just rained down manna for the first time ever. Do you realize that baked bread just don't fall out of the sky? What's wrong with you, Moses? It's a big deal. We should stay here. 
the pillar of fire moved. And he moved on. Moses, why do we have to move? Why do we have to move, Moses? Because it was more than signs and wonders. Because it was about more than the Red Sea opening. It was about more than leaving Egypt. It was more than manna. It was more than water in the rock. It was more than all that. It was about a bride marching to a new home. We can't stay here. It's about more than all of this. It's about going home. It's about leaving. It's not just about staying. Those things are just allowed to give you the strength to take another step, move another day, fight through another obstacle, overcome another enemy. It's about a bride on the earth, onward Christian soldier, bone of his bone, fighting, moving, 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 moving. We can't stay here because it wasn't just about coming out. It's about going in. I'm going to start bringing this down. I know I've been a while. And we may, I just felt led to go this way. It may take a little bit of a turn. Now is the time for these things. Then why would we not want these things in our services? And not just in our services, in our lives. The moving of the Spirit is not just for church services. The point of great church services isn't to have great church services. That's not what it's about. Oh, the Spirit moved. Why? So we could have fun in church, so we could run and shout and dance. The point of great church services isn't to have great church services. It's so people's lives can be changed and it can carry on beyond the church service. It's so people can encounter a living God. It's to allow the Spirit to have free reign so that births can take place. So that the Holy, in that Holy Spirit atmosphere, people can receive a new birth. And from there, people can move above sin. From there, people can live above temptation. I'm not too much worried about how you live Sunday and Wednesday, although you better live good those two days too. But what about the other five days of the week? Is the Spirit moving in your home and in your life the other five days of the week? Are you able to move out above and claim your promises? In church, you hear, claim your promise, claim your promise. You're like, yeah, 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 claim a promise. And Monday, you're like, eh, so far. So much. It's just easier to stay camped right here. The good camp. I long for the Spirit to move in our services. I love it when He moves down amongst us and there's believers and there's rejoicing and there's shouting and the shout of the King and praise and worship. But I want it to be more than that. I want it for you to be more than a church jump, I want it for you to be more than a church shout. I want it for you to be more than a church dance, but I want you to allow him to move every single day in your life and allow the spirit to begin to move you higher. Not move by run, shout, dance, jump, wonderful. I love those things. But is it moving you closer to that land? Are you moving closer in a relationship with God? Is it moving you into a deeper and more sincere relationship? If the prophet of God was told he needed to be more sincere, then what does that say about you and I? The one that we hold in high respect, high regard, you have to be more sincere. Lord, help me. 
Lord, help me. Get you to the point to where you begin to live your life in an atmosphere, not just church services. You live your life in an atmosphere where all things are possible. Are all things possible in the atmosphere you live in on Tuesday at 930? That's tough, ain't it? <laughs> I know, buddy. I'm surrounded by a thousand heathens at 930 on Tuesdays. Bless their hearts. It's hard to walk in that atmosphere. But we're not supposed to leave the Holy Ghost in that atmosphere right here. What kind of atmosphere, men, do you bring to your home from work? What are we producing when we talk about we want to see the Spirit move in church? But what's it producing? In your homes. Lord, we need a move. I mean that sincerely. Lord, I need a move. Evening Light Tabernacle needs a move. We need a move today. I don't just mean I need to see people rejoice. Lord, we need a real, sincere, get back to God, Holy Ghost move. Where we die out to our ideas. We die out to our thinking. We die out to our worldly pleasures and the things that we think are okay and this and that. Where we die out and say, God, I need a move in my life. We need a move in the lives of the people of Evening Light Tabernacle. We need a move to consecration. We need a move to dedication to where we can at least get people to show up for the services we have. I mean, we only have two a week. Can we get dedicated enough to be in the house of God on a regular basis? Don't tell me that your prayer life is where it's supposed to be. Don't tell me that your family altar is where it's supposed to be on those nights of the week and you can't show up on Wednesday. Because you didn't stay home because you was having family prayer. There's got to be a move to dedication and a move to sincerity. Yes, we want to move. Yes, we want to move. Yes, we want to move. But where is it taking us to? What's it doing for us? Church, it's time to move. The Lord is already moving. Oh, my, how the Lord loves to move and see his people move with him. See his people take up the tent stakes and say, Lord, I'll go. Lord, I'll move where you're moving. It's time to move, and you're not going to get to that promised land going around the same mountain you've been going around over and over and over again. I don't just want to see you move in church. I want you to put it in action. I want you moving on Monday. I want to see you moving on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I want to see you moving each and every day, growing and progressing, getting what you asked for, going on the offensive for too long. It's been all about, I'll protect my home. That's fine. You should. But we're not to be a people that's just great at defending what we have. We are to be gaining ground, taking it from the enemy, taking the attack to the enemy. I love how it was brought out the other day that the gates of hell will not withstand. That means that the gates of hell were under attack because they couldn't withstand it. It's time to go on the offensive, church. It's time to move out from your comfort zone and move out against the enemy. Let's get personal. Let's buckle up for a moment. How about you? You. When's the last time you progressed? I didn't say when's the last time you held your testimony. I didn't say have you fallen. I said when's the last time you progressed till you can honestly look back and go, man, I've come a long way. When's the last time you 
progressed and you moved. Not backwards, not on your own, but following the pillar of fire. Is there a marked difference in where you are today versus where you were a year ago? Are you more dedicated? Are you more sincere? Because there's got to be a pressing forward. I press towards the mark. Not I got this testimony and I'm standing here, bless God, and heaven's going to come to me one day. No, you're pressing. You're pushing. Not just occupying. Not just staying still, but gaining new ground. Have you advanced? Have you taken another step? Like we've said, not to a new message, not to a new doctrine, not to a new gospel. This is the gospel Paul preached. They shouted back to Brother Branham, we're resting on that. This is the gospel Paul preached. I'm not telling you to move out from one of them. I'm telling you to move in it. Move under it. Feed on it. Let it take you where it's supposed to be taking you. Brother Joe told us Wednesday night, this is not a picnic. This is war. You don't win wars sitting still. And you don't win wars camped down. You win wars advancing. Have you gathered a fresh experience today or does your experience have wiggle tails in it? Have you been gathering fresh manna? I want us just for a minute to move away from the group mentality. And please don't think I'm in any way trying to beat anybody over the head. This just came to me so strong this week. I said, Lord, just help me deliver this in a manner of love. Is we got to be moving. And it probably spoke to me more than it will ever speak to you. i got to move. I have to move. But let's get away from the group mentality because a lot of times what we, what we like to do is we see that the group is moving forward. We see that the bride is progressing. And many times we take comfort in the success of the group. And so we deflect our own shortcomings by focusing on the success of what we've affiliated ourselves with. Kind of like the guy celebrating the Super Bowl championship and he was on the practice squad. Really, he didn't do anything. Just to make a point. We sit there and go, man, the bride is moving forward. The bride is overcoming. Our church is on fire. Evening Light Tabernacle is on fire. The services are incredible. The sick are healed. People are being filled with the Spirit. We've had baptisms. The Spirit is moving in our church. And I say, is the Spirit moving in you? Right now, this isn't about Evening Light Tabernacle. This isn't about the bride worldwide. This is about you as an individual. Has the Spirit been moving in you, and have you been moving with the Spirit? Brother Aaron, you're talking to the sinners. You're talking to the backsliders. Talking to every one of us. Because we all have to be going forward. I wonder how long some of us have been camped out exactly where we're camped out this morning. Where you're currently at. How long have we been there? You know, many people recognize they need to move, and sometimes we're afraid to move. Because we feel safe where we're at. We feel comfortable where we're at. We feel comfortable with what we've done. We've conformed. I dress right. I don't curse. I talk right. I don't tell dirty jokes. I listen to tapes. I come to church. I believe the message. Good steps. Believe this plus. 
Can you add to that today? Can you take another step today? I've been filled with the Spirit and I've walked with God for many years. How's that fire burning today? How was that hunger when you woke up this morning? How's it going to be in the morning? That spot that you're currently in may be a spot that God led you to. I'm not saying you're in an ungodly place. There were many places that the pillar of fire led the people to and stopped, and they camped. The place you're in may be a place that God has led you to. He brought you exactly to where you're at. He stopped, and it was a place where you were supposed to be. You stopped obediently. But I ask you, where's the pillar of fire at today? Did it move on? Did you stay camped? Did it move on at some point and you remained behind? Look, maybe you danced on the banks of the Red Sea. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. I believe we literally almost witnessed a reenactment of that that time when Sister Ruth took that tambourine at the end of that service during our meetings. In my mind, I could see the, the, the sisters dancing on the banks of the Red Sea. It was incredible. It was incredible to see even here. I can only imagine what it was like there. Maybe you danced there. Maybe you saw your taskmasters dead. Maybe you were prayed for and demons fell off and you shouted and you jumped. Maybe it happened in your seat at the altar and you saw them drown. You were set free. And today you find yourself still standing on the banks of the Red Sea. You haven't progressed from that point. Maybe at first you fell in love with the message. It was manna. You loved to gather it. You loved to eat it. And now it's tough for you to even get through a tape. Look, I'm glad you came out. I'm glad you accepted this truth. I'm glad you accepted this message, whether it was in 1983, 1991, 1976, 2006. I'm glad it cleaned you up. I'm glad you're here. We're on this journey together. But I'm asking you, are you moving? Have you moved lately? Have you taken steps? Look, I'm sincerely glad. I'm not knocking you. I'm proud of, of what you've done. I'm proud of how far you've come. But I'm saying it's time to take another step. I'm just telling you to move today. That's all I'm saying. When's the last time you purposely said, God, I'm taking another step. I'm diving deeper than ever before. I'm being more sincere than ever before. I'm dedicating myself more than ever before. It's time to move. It's time to walk. It's time to grow. It's time to seek. It's time to move. Look, this isn't a motivational speech. I'm sorry. But I'm here to tell you, you can do it. You can do it. Just step out beyond that fear and step out beyond that thing. When's the last time you came to an altar? Brother Aaron, I've been in the message 30 years. So the altar isn't just a place for sinners. Sometimes it's a place you just need to go have a talk with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm here today. Help me take another step. Lord, I'm just trying to walk a little further with you. It's time that you take a step. Move out. Move out from those personal things holding you back. How long have you been camped down with a complex? Sitting there, and that's as far as you'll go because that complex holds you. How long have you been sitting there with those, with those family things that held you down, with that bitterness in your heart? You can walk away from that critical spirit right now. Critical spirits go hand in hand with people who refuse to move. They got time to see everything and everybody because they ain't got to watch the road. They ain't going nowhere. And so they look at everybody else. And they find faults with every church member, 
with the leadership of the church, with the deacons, with the ministry, with the piano player and the organ player and the this player. Why? If you sold out and you're worshiping, it's kind of hard to notice all that stuff. If you're focusing on overcoming, it's kind of hard to notice where other people are falling. Quit picking everything apart and move. I don't mean just come to church. I mean, are you fellowshipping with God? Would Jesus have been comfortable walking around in your skin for the last month? hard time answering that one would Jesus have been comfortable walking around in your skin for the last month brother Brown says don't try to say well I joined the church 10 years ago brother Branham I've been a good faithful member that's fine I appreciate that but let's move on tonight God's moving on he said let's move on God's moving on you can't go in church if you don't move you got to take that next step, greater sincerity, more of God, seek. You once moved. You're here because you once moved. It's time to move again. How long are you going to stay where you're at, lukewarm, bitter, hurt? Don't sit still. I'm asking you to move today. Don't be a sitting duck allowing things to encircle and circle you and take you down. It's time for your deliverance today. Deliverance from what? Deliverance from the fact that you hadn't moved in five years. Deliverance from a lukewarm condition. Deliverance from all the things holding you in that place. It's time for your salvation today. Look, some of you have never made a move. Some of you have never taken the first step. Today's the day to move. Today is the day of salvation. It's time you make a move towards God and you watch him move and respond back to you. He'll do it, Brother Joe, every time. You got to move. You got to wake up and take another step. Brother Aaron, why the urgency? Why do we got to move today? Because it won't be long and you'll wish you could have this opportunity again. It won't be long and you'll say, Lord, I wish I could have just got a little closer. Do you want to meet Jesus the way you are right this second? I'm not saying, are you saved? I believe you're saved. I'm saying you have the opportunity to take another step with him today. If you're not saved, I'm saying salvation is here for you today, but you got a part to play. Just like Abram, you got to move today. The opportunity is here. Jesus is calling you. He's wooing you, and he's saying you got to move today, church. Every one of us have to move today. What if you're a borderline believer? Move. What if you're the saintliest Christian here today? Move. Brother Brown said there was borderline believers that used to attend the meetings of Noah. In other words, they went to church. Just like there is now, and people sit around all the time in the church, but they never make a move to come forward. They enjoy hearing the pastor preach and something or another, but they never make a move forward. So then the first thing, they never want you want to put their hands in it, and they don't want to be identified with it. I ask you this morning, if you're a sinner or a backslider in the building... Listen to Brother Branham. You'll either go out of the door a better man or woman than what you come in, or you'll go out worse than you was when you come in. You can't stay mediocre. You've got to make it. This was on my heart. It was on my heart. Now it's on your hands. 
You've got to make your decision. You've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. You've been maybe a good church member. Maybe you've always longed that you wanted more of God. You might want to do something for God. Remember, you're only mortal once. And that one time is the only time you're all going to be mortal. This may be the time that you've got to make your decision. You're either going to move up with God or stay where you're at. You may have to make your decision tonight. If it is, I pray that you'll throw everything loose. Remember, I don't care what it is. If it's a job, if it's family, if it's loved ones, if it's associates, if it's your partners, whatever it is, turn loose of everything today. Won't you move? The Holy Spirit's asking you today, won't you move? One word of God misplaced or misconstrued or it's not accepted breaks the whole chain. Man should not live by bread alone by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Why is it women you hear me preach against these things? Wearing shorts and paints and hairdos of this bobbed hair and all that kind of stuff. And then every year I come back and you're still sitting in the same condition. It's because you're leaning to your own understanding instead of the word of God. But won't you move today? What did he do? He's talking about the prodigal son. He done something about it. Oh, brother, sister, do you see what I mean? He didn't just sit there and say, God said so. He done something about it. If you want to get saved this morning, God promised salvation. Then do something about it. Don't just sit there. It's time for you to move. Whatever situation you find yourself in today, what I want you to take from this is it's time for you to move and you have an opportunity right now in this moment to take another step with God. It's time for you to quit living below your privileges. It's time for you to come out of that hog pen. Even if it is a secret hog pen and you don't think anybody knows about it, he's calling you out of your hog pen today. He's saying, come on back to the Father's house. Take another step towards the promised land. Look at the life you're living right now and ask yourself an honest question. Do I want to live like this the rest of my life? Then it's time to move. You've been laying by the pool long enough. Well, you don't understand how long I've been in this condition. The man been laying by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And Jesus asked him, would thou be made whole? Not how long have you been here and what's your problem? He's asking you today, will you be made whole? But you don't understand, brother. Will you be made whole? Will you move this morning? Will you bow your heads with me? I know it seemed that it, it took a turn. But it's the way I felt led to turn. It's time to move. I don't care who you are, how long you've been here, whether you've got the Holy Ghost or whether you don't know Jesus at all. I'm telling you right now, the altar is open for you. Are you willing to move? Are you willing to admit, Lord, I need to take another step? Are you willing to admit I've been sitting in this place for far too long and today, Lord, I just want to take another step? I just want to move with you. The Holy Spirit called out to you this entire service and he said, move. He said, move. Hey, it's okay. 
If you feel like you've taken every step that you should have taken and you can sit right where you're sitting, that's fine. God bless you. But if you're where you were six months ago and you're where you were a year ago and you're where you were 18 months ago, it's time to get out and move. It's time to show God you mean business with him because he's calling out to you today and he's saying, will you move? Will you take the step? Will you dig up your tent stakes of pride? Will you dig up those things and take a step with me? I'm thankful you're on this journey with me, but it's time to move. Brother Brown says, be sure. Don't just take a halfway chance on it. If there's a little doubt in your mind, don't take no chance. Come on now. Now is the time. Now while the fountain is open, while the Holy Spirit is here, the master has come. That little doubt is what he's trying to tell you. You're doubting. Give it over. Come on now. The master has come and he calls for thee. He's calling for you to move. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to take another step. I want to read this quote to you in closing. As the Holy Spirit reaches out and moves to each one today. I know it's hot, friend. I know it is. But I hope you feel just like I do. Oh, I feel like I could just fly away. How loving he is. What could I do? Where could I go? Oh God, where am I going? Where am I headed for? What's it going to be? Where am I going to be a hundred years from now? What if I didn't have him? Oh, where's any other refuge? From Bethlehem's manger came forth a stranger. On earth I long to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only ask to be like him. Oh, all together now, to be like Jesus, to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory. While you got your heads bowed, I'm going to ask you something. Somebody in here is displeasing the Holy Spirit. Somebody's been called. I speak in the name of the Lord Jesus as his prophet. I can feel his heart wounded. Out in there, somebody disobeyed him and should have come. Won't you come now? All through life's journey, glory, I only ask to be like him, just to be like Jesus. Jesus, That's my desire, meek and lowly, humble, be like him. On earth, oh, won't you come on up? God wants to see you make a move. There's a number of you. I knew you were coming. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's it. That's it. I looked out over this audience in the awfulest black shadow hanging there I ever seen. The Holy Spirit's here now. It's on me right now. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Oh, to be like Jesus, what did he do? He went where the Father led him. God bless you, brother. God bless you, my brother. That's right. Move right on up and kneel down. On earth I long. Now is the time for the old time confessing, straightening up, making right. Come on. I still feel there's more in here. God bless you, lady. God bless you, lady. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. The Holy Spirit's always right. Come on. That's right. Move right on out. Oh, to be like Jesus. Oh, my, that's the way. Just fill the aisles up. Move right out and pray. This is him talking to his own church. This is the Brown Tabernacle. Just fill the aisles up. Through life's journey from earth to glory, just repent. Tell God you're sorry. That's all you have to do. 
won't you keep coming now? That's right. Just tear right loose. Come on up. What are you going to do? Who's going to stand for you? Who's going to stand for you when death comes up on your sleeve? No matter what you've done, the Holy Spirit's sitting right there close to you. That's Him wanting you to come. All through life's journey from earth to glory, just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to do that. You won't stand for me if I don't stand for you now. I want you to stand for me, and I'm standing for you from today on. I'm going to live like a Christian ought to. I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to be gentle and quiet. I'm going to let everybody do their own talking. I'm just going to live meek and quiet before you no matter how long you have professed to be a Christian. No matter what church you belong to, that has nothing to do with it. Come right on. God bless you. Move right on out, child. God's talking to you now. If you believe me to be his servant, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and he said, make that call. There's many down there. This is the day. This is the time. Oh, there's about five or six more back there that should come now. Remember, brother, sister, I'm looking right at you. I see those dark shadows hanging over you. You better come right on. To be like Jesus, don't you want to be like him? Gentle, quiet, meek, humble. God bless you, young man. God bless you, dad, with the baby. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sinner friend. That's right. Move right up, sis. Come right on out. Just find yourself a place. God bless you, sister dear. You got a lot to be thankful for. You were laying bound in a bed dying. Here you are walking down to the altar. God bless you, tender heart. The Holy Spirit is speaking again now. Repentance. Just cry out to God. Just pray your own prayer. Today the Holy Spirit called and he said, you got to move. No matter what position you're in, no matter where you find yourself at, he said, you got to move today. You got to take another step. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of these hearts here at the altar, Lord, and I believe many more even in their seat. Lord, that recognize today I got to take another step. I got to move. I can't stay where I'm at. Lord, that's me. Lord, I'm standing up here, Lord, but at my heart, Lord, I'm at that altar. I'm right there saying, Lord, I got to move. Lord, I got to take more steps. I got to get more sincere. I got to get in deeper. I got to give you more. I got to surrender everything. Lord, that's me today. Lord, you spoke to my heart. Lord, I'm moving today. I'm picking up the tent stakes, Father. I won't stay camped out anymore, Lord. But where the Holy Spirit moves, I'll go. Where the Holy Spirit calls, I'll go. Lord, I'm, I want more of a sincerity. I want more depth, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. Lord, on earth I long to be like you. Lord, forgive me, Lord Jesus, of any slothfulness. Lord, forgive me of any lukewarmness. Lord Jesus, forgive me, Lord. I want to move today. Lord, I want to move higher. I want to move further. Lord, I'm making my calling and my election sure. Lord, take no half chance on it. I'm not going to take a chance on it, Lord. If there's one here today that don't know you, Lord, I pray they'll move. Lord, don't let them walk out of these doors lost. Don't let them walk out, walk out of these doors, Lord, in the same condition they came in. Lord, I know there's a lot trying to hold them, but I believe your Holy Spirit is here to loose them, Father. 
Lord, I believe your spirit, Lord, laid it so strongly upon me, Lord, to give this opportunity. Lord, to call Evening Light Tabernacle as a church, but also as individuals to consecrate themselves. It's the going over time. It's time to cross over. There's got to be a consecrated people, a consecrated church, consecrated individuals and families, Lord. Walking with you, Lord Jesus. Progressing with you, Lord. Moving on with you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, that's my prayer. To be like Jesus. Lord, I pray you forgive each and every one of us, Lord, that's been slumped. Lord, forgive me if I hadn't moved where I was supposed to. Lord, forgive me, Lord God, if I've allowed other voices to drown out the unction of the Holy Spirit. I'm moving, Lord. I'm moving from the place I am. And I'm walking, Lord God, under the leadership of that pillar of fire. May each one here, Lord, the ones gathered around the altar, Lord, the ones gathered at home, maybe one streaming even now, may each one make that dedication and that reality. Lord, I'm picking up my tent. I'm packing up camp. I'm leaving unbelief. I'm leaving complexes. I'm leaving lukewarmness behind. Lord, and I'm marching on with you, Lord. There's a rapture just ahead. There's a body change. And I know I can't get there staying right where I'm at. We ask these things, Lord, in your name. Lord, I pray every heart find peace that they've settled the issue. Lord, I pray it not just be a church thing, but when they wake up tomorrow morning, the issue's settled. When they wake up Tuesday, the issue's settled. Lord, and it carries on, Lord, day by day as they walk with you and they move with you and they press the battle with you. Lord, these are my brothers and sisters, each and every one of them. Lord, I pray in no way, Lord, that I bring any type of condemnation, but Lord, just an exhortation that we got to move. We got to press the battle. Lord, have your way in every heart now as your Holy Spirit moves and deals with lives. Lord, in the sweet hush of the Holy Spirit, even here, Lord, as we sense your presence. May you continue to move, Lord, and break every chain. Break every chain, Lord, in this solemn moment. Lord, I know you're moving on hearts. I know you're moving on lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we just give you a moment to work, give you a moment to move. We thank you, Lord, for coming by. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. We ask, Lord God, that there be fruits of it. Dedicated hearts, dedicated lives, dedicated families marching onward. Help us move, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.